0: Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. This, this, this morning, early in the morning, I'm, I'm really sleepy because God woke me up. And he woke me up at about 1.30 in the morning. And I had been telling, I said, God, I want, I want more of you. I want to seek you more this year. And let me tell you something. He woke me up yesterday and I went back to sleep. <laughs> And, and he woke me up this morning and, you know, Sunday mornings, I, you know, I, I have to be, I have to be here pretty early. I'm, I'm, I'm usually here by, you know, 630 um, and it was 130 and and I was like, God, you know, I, I love you, but, uh, but let, me, just let me go to sleep, please. Let me go to sleep. And then he was like, you said you want more of me. You said you want more of me, so I want you to seek me. And have you ever, have, have you ever sought God while you were still like, Sleeping, (laughs) you know, like your eyes are closed. You know, your eyes are closed and sleeping. It's kind of like the same thing. So I'm there, like half asleep. God, I love you. I want to seek your face, And, and 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 he was like, no, no, this is not this is not what I mean by seeking my face. So get up and go to the living room, and I want you to start praying, and I want you to start seeking me in in my word. And I was like, fine. And God spoke, man. God did some amazing things. What I prayed. What I prayed, and I won't tell you the details, but I prayed something very specific. And I said, God, now I'm about to open your word and I want you to speak to me. And he spoke exactly what I asked him for. And it was that, that, that's incredible when God speaks, church. So, so seek God. If that's, especially if that's your desire this year, seek God. Do the things that you wouldn't normally do, like getting up at 1.30 in the morning to seek him. Amen. Amen. Today we're beginning a, a brand new series we're calling Level Up. And, uh, we're discussing some, some different, uh, strategies and kind of considerations that we can all take, um, take from as we get to the next level and anything that you're trying to do church, whether it be vocational, educational, physical, even, you know, especially spiritual and everything that we want to do and strive to do, we want to do it better than we have ever done it before. Right. The other day I came to this realization, um, it was kind of philosophical, I, it, it happened while I was at the gym. See, I, I've been a member of my gym for for a while, for, for years, and I used to go a lot at night. I, I would like to go after 9 p.m. because that's when, you know, no one's there anymore and I can get to any machine that I want. Now I don't really like going, period. Um, but but I, I went the other night uh, after 9 for for the for the first time in a long time and I got there and I saw I saw one of the employees who's who's worked there for as long as I've been a member there and his name is Anthony. We kinda just we kinda caught up for a little bit, then I went upstairs and I went to do my my workout. Thirty five minutes later I came back down. I was done. And and he says, that's it and I was like man rude, right? <laughs> You're judging me. And, 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 and and he said, you used to do a lot more. You used to at least be up there for an hour, hour and a half sometimes. And I, and I I said, yeah, it's going to take me a while to get back to where I used to be. And, and when I said that, I had this philosophical thought that like it said, Ryan, live life in your prime. Because I thought who, who wants to be worse off in the future than they are today? Right. I think we all want to get better at the things that we strive to do. And, and, and again, every year, one of my desires is to get closer to God, to spend more time in prayer and studying his word. Um, that, that's the process of sanctification. Right. I don't want to get further from God. So I kind of had this epiphany that said, and everything that I do, I want to do it better today than I did it yesterday. The fact that the older version of me can outperform me at lifting weights and doing cardio, that makes me a little sad. You know, um, and and I understand, yeah, you know, our body deteriorates, our mind deteriorates. But as long as we are fully capable, we should we should absolutely try our best to be our best and to do better today than we did uh, yesterday. Amen. And and that's kind of the philosophical moment that I had. And uh, this applies to the spirit. And, and you know what? You know, the, the spirit is actually the only thing that doesn't deteriorate because because the things of the spirit come from God and and God does not grow old. He does not grow tired. He does not grow weary. So there is absolutely no excuse to why we can't and shouldn't be growing in our spirit. Amen. Uh, so in anything that we do, as long as we can help it, we need to strive to take ourselves to the next level. So that's the focus of the series. And I want to begin today's message Um In Acts chapter 11, if you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 11, we're going to read a little bit um, this morning, and and you can follow along up here. Um, We're reading verses 4 through 18, and I'll kind of summarize the first few. Uh, the Jewish community they hear about this Apostle Peter. They everybody knows Peter. He's like famous. He's like the Apostle, and uh, they hear that Peter goes out and he he ministers to Gentiles. But he doesn't just minister to them. He, he actually sits down and eats at their table with them. And so this bothers a lot of the Jew uh, the Jewish community and and uh, because in their mind salvation belongs to the Jews and the Jews alone. If if a Gentile wanted to become a Christian, and they first had to become a, a, a Jewish convert and, and then they can receive Christ. So this kind of bothered the Jewish community here. And so they're questioning Peter and, and Peter tells them about this vision that he had. And so that's where we're beginning here in verse five. And you can follow along. Peter says, I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance, I saw a vision, something like a great sheet descending, being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to me and looking at it closely, I observed animals and beasts of prey and reptiles and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, rise, Peter, kill and eat. How many of us are going to be hoping God says that to us during our fast? Amen. (laughs) Amen. Verse 8, but I said, By no means, Lord, for nothing common or uncommon has ever entered my mouth. But the voice answered, What God has made clean, do not call common. This happened three times, and then all was drawn up again into heaven. And behold, at the very moment, three men arrived at the house in which we were sent to me from Caesarea. And the Spirit told me to go with them, making no distinction. Six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. We're on verse 13. And he and he told us how he had seen an angel stand in the house and say, send to Joppa and bring Simon, who was called Peter. He will declare to you a message by which you will be saved, you and all your household. And I began to speak. The Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? Mm, Amen. Verse 18 says, when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God, saying then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance and that leads to life. Amen. I hope you got all that. The title of my message today is it starts with the mind. You know, there's so much truth to that, church. Anything that you're going to strive to do, any endeavor that you're going to try to take, it starts with the mind. Because you can't do anything effectively if you're not in the right state of mind, especially when it's something that's that's challenging. Right? Last week, we God spoke to us about focusing on the mission. Focus on your mission, church, whatever that is. Don't get caught up in the change of season. Don't don't get caught up in in, and everything that's changing around you. Your mission is still the mission and what God has placed in your heart. You have to continue going after it. And so I dug a little bit more this week um, into what that word focus meant. And I looked it up. It's it means so much more than just to look at something intently. Webster describes it as a a point of concentration, a point in which mental effort is required. So whenever you have an objective, whenever you have a mission, whenever you have a goal of any kind, you got to be in the right state of mind, church. This is why Paul says that in order to live a life sacrificially to God, you have to have a renewed mind. You have to a transformation must take place. Because you can't, you can't think like the world thinks anymore when you come to Christ. You can't do it. If you're thinking like the world thinks, then you're not going to be able to please God. If, if you're not in the right godly mentality, then you're thinking with your flesh and you're not going to be able to uh, overcome temptation. So it starts with the mind. And I want you to grasp that this morning. It starts with the mind. The problem. Here's the problem. Here's where I'm going to start to preach. The problem is that a lot of us are hard headed. If you can't remember the last time you apologized for something when you were clearly wrong, you're probably hard headed. Now, if you say, Well, Ryan, it's, it's, pro- it's probably because I'm not wrong very often, <laughs> then you're definitely hard headed. <laughs> And and it's this type of it's this type of pride, church, that gets in the way of God's manifestation through us. God wants to take you to the next level, but you gotta be in the right state of mind. Maybe God sees a very successful career path for you, but you gotta get out of your own head. You're always making excuses for yourself. And you're saying, But God, but God, but God, I can't do it. And God is saying, Yes, you can. You just have to have the right mentality. Maybe, maybe salvation is waiting at the corner for one of your coworkers, but, but you haven't approached them yet because you tell God, God, I don't know him like that. And we're hard-headed and we're stubborn. And I, I bet God, I bet he gets really frustrated with us sometimes because, you know, we're incompetent. Have you ever been, have you ever been in a situation where the people that, that, that you're surrounding yourself with, they're just dragging you down with their incompetence? like they're not they're not on your level and they lack certain skill or practice or study you know maybe you were the kid in school that that you know you said i'm going to do the group project cuz i don't i can't count on any of you guys to do it right all right incompetence is the enemy of progress church and i think it was i think it was confucius who said if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room you got to get in another room which means that if you're in a situation like this And you're surrounding yourself with people who are incompetent. You're not learning and you're not growing because because they're keeping you at their level. Now, now, God, he's not limited by our incompetence, but it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating because sometimes progress is slow moving when God is trying to make something happen. But we're just being stubborn. If, if you read the call to Moses in, in chapters 3 and 4 of Exodus, you'll see God's frustration with Moses, man. Because Moses, he can't stop making excuses. He says, God, but, but, but send someone else. I'm not the right man for the job. I have a speech impediment. I, I stutter all the time when I talk. I'm not qualified. I don't know how to do it. What if this and what if that? And if, and if you read the dialogue between God and Moses, you see how God's frustration with Moses Unfolds, and he's not frustrated because Moses is being disobedient, he's not being disobedient. He's frustrated because of the way that Moses is thinking his thoughts, his thought process about himself. He's not allowed, he's not thinking divinely, he's not thinking with the state of, I can do all things through Christ. He's thinking, I can't do it because I am not qualified. That frustrates God, church, and unfortunately. Hard-headedness, man, it doesn't go away with spiritual maturity. You, you would think it did, right? You would hope that it did. But just as you begin to accept where God has you, now he wants to take you somewhere else. And that requires a new mindset, a different state of mentality. And that's what we find here with Peter. See, Peter Peter's a man who he's matured. Right. I mean, if we see him throughout the Gospels, we see how much he's grown spiritually. This is a guy that that I mean, he went from being a short tempered, just hot headed guy to a guy with a lot of patience and and love and compassion to give. And now he's being used tremendously by God. He is the apostle. He is the apostle to the Jewish community. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows Peter. He's like, in some cases, he's like the father of of the early church. This is Peter. He's like the maturest of the mature. But he's still got a a bad mind. And we talked about last week how when something changes, we have to continue with the mission. And see, that's what's happening right here. Peter, he's, he's reached a state of mind. And now something is changing and, and his, his thought process is affecting progress. And in in the Peter's Peter's case, you know, his mission was to go out to all the unbelieving world and, and, and preach the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking, man. I was thinking when I read this passage. Apart from this being a very practical message that we can apply for, you know, in all areas of our lives, I think it's it's a very great evangelical message because when we're doing ministry, when we're trying to reach people for Christ, a lot of times we put up barriers, we put up walls. And in our minds, they don't look like walls. They don't look like barriers. In our minds, we're, we're being righteous. We're being holy Christians. But a lot of times, we don't realize that we're creating barriers between ourselves and the unbelieving world. And it seems, if you read it, it seems as if Peter, he feels conv- conviction because he's being told uh, to eat a non-vegetarian diet. And that, that doesn't work for Peter. And he says, but Lord, nothing unclean has ever entered my mouth. That's new for me. This makes me feel uncomfortable. I've never done this before. His convictions were kicking in. But this wasn't spiritual conviction, church. Sometimes we gotta gotta know the difference. This was religious conviction. Because everything that he was being asked to do went contrary to his way of living and his way of thinking, his religion. See, the Jewish people, they 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 had a very strict diet. And custom that they had adhered to, including a kosher diet. And Peter was being asked to throw that all away. And the passage says that three times this happened. So Peter was arguing with God. He had a moment with God where he was going back and forth. God, I can't do this. I don't feel right. It, it, to me, it feels like a sin. What are people going to say? And then he finally gives in. A lot of us fight God on a lot of things, church. Right? Because we're We're hard-headed. And we don't always give in. We don't always give in. The other night, I didn't give in when God woke me up and said, I need you you to seek my face. You you said you wanted some more of me. Okay, come get some more. And I said, no, I went back to sleep. A lot of times we don't don't give in. But if you think about it, if Peter wouldn't have gave in, if he would have had his way, he would have been limiting his effectiveness in bringing the gospel to the Gentile world. I love the song. I love the song "Reckless Love." That's man, it's a powerful song. The first time I heard it, I was like, I was just God just did something in me. He messed me up. Layla loves it too, man. It's like her her favorite song right now. She doesn't know she doesn't know what she's saying. She doesn't know the words, but she's she's humming something because it's so powerful. You listen to the words, and it, it just it amazes me the extent to which Christ will go for those that he loves. The song says, it chases me down. It fights till I'm found. It leaves a 99. Isn't that awesome? And, and, and then the bridge goes, there's no shadow. You won't light up. There's no mountain. You won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall. You won't kick down lie. You won't tear down coming after me. That is reckless church. That is the, to be reckless means to act out without thinking about the consequences to act out without, without limitations, Many of us are reckless in a lot of things. We're reckless with, you know, with our words. We say things that we probably shouldn't have said, and we don't think about the consequences and how other people are going to take it. We, we sometimes are reckless with our actions and and we don't think about how it's going to affect our reputation. And a lot of us are reckless drivers. Amen. But very rarely, church, listen to this. Very rarely do we find a person who is reckless for the gospel. And when God spoke that to me, I was, I, it hit me because we're reckless in a lot of different ways. We're reckless. We're even reckless when it comes to, to boyfriends and, and girlfriends, especially when, when we're in high school, man. I was reckless when it came to boyfriends and girlfriends. It's dumb. And, and, and that doesn't go away with age. We're reckless in a lot of things. When we want something, when we desire something, a lot of times we go after it. I was reckless when I got married and we bought a car that we probably shouldn't have bought because it was nice. We're reckless in a lot of things, but very rarely do we find someone who is reckless for the gospel of Jesus Christ, who will go to any extent, even if it means doing something they've never done before to get someone to Jesus. me. If Moses wasn't reckless, When he was walking down a path between two pillars of water, that was pretty reckless, right? You think about it, a seat, water opens up and you're just going to walk through it. What if it collapsed? What if the mission failed? What if it ended right there? What if that was the end of of, of God's people? He wasn't thinking like that. He wasn't thinking about the consequences. He was thinking, I got to get these people out of captivity and into the promised land. It was reckless of Jesus Christ when he healed somebody on the Sabbath. But but he came across a man that was in need of healing. And God is not just going to not heal someone when he sees it. It was reckless. My preaching or what? I don't know. Preaching to myself. It was pretty reckless. Another one came to mind. It was pretty reckless of these three Jewish men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Whew. You remember that one? If you know the story, King Nebuchadnezzar he he builds this, this giant statue, this giant idol, and he says, "Okay, everybody, you're going to bow down before this idol and you're going to worship it because I made it." It was pretty reckless. Of these three men, when everyone else bowed down, they stood up, knowing what the consequences were going to be. They were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. That was pretty reckless. And so Peter's mentality is telling him, Peter, this is a reckless thing to do. What are people going to say? Think about it before you put any meat into your, into, your, into your mouth. Think about it. What will the Jewish community say? What will people say when they find out that you sat down at the Gentiles table and you ate their meal? What are they going to say? You're, you're, you're the apostle to the Jewish community. What, are they gonna, what is that going to do to your reputation, Peter? Peter? He had to break the chains of reck. I mean, he had to be reckless. You know, most of us, most of us would probably never step foot into a club. I would hope. I don't know. It's not. It's not really a place for a Christian, right? I've been to two clubs in my life. Both experiences. I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, (laughs) yeah, I have. (laughs) Confession this morning. Uh, both experiences were just, it, it was terrible. After the first time, I didn't want to go back, and I don't know why I went back another time. First time, it was, it was actually in Mexico. My cousins took me. And then I guess I thought, oh, well, let me try the American clubs. And they were, they were both pretty, pretty bad. I hated it. It was too loud. It was, I mean, like, it, it didn't even sound good. I don't know what people were dancing to. And then and then it was too crowded. I was trying to get to the restroom. And like everybody they're blocking the the entrance to the restroom, right? And I'm trying to get by and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're trying to get down, right?" And I'm like, "No, no, I'm trying to get to the restroom." And I'm like, "Excuse me, but they can't hear me because of the music is just beating their eardrums." Terrible. You walk out smelling like cigarettes. I mean, the worst experience, I would, I would never go into a club. Most Christians would probably never go into a club, but let me tell you something. I would go into a club if it meant getting someone out of there that I loved. If someone was walking into a spiritual death trap, I would go in. I'd even pay to get into that club to get to them. I'd even stand in one of those ridiculous long lines. I don't know what people are waiting for, but I would stand in a line and I would pay to get someone out of there that I loved when religiosity would say, but Ryan, what are people going to say? You're a pastor. What if someone, what if one of your church members is in there and sees you? (laughs) What if, what if, what is it going to do to your reputation? What if someone drives by and they see you going in there? Think about it. Why don't you just wait? But what if it's too late? What if they never come out? Or what if when they do come out, they want absolutely nothing to do with God? Sometimes you got to be a little bit reckless to get someone in Jesus Christ church. Now I'm not telling you to break any laws, amen, but let God change your traditional way of thinking every once in a while church, because it starts with the mind. It starts with the mind. This applies to anything that you're trying to do in life. Sometimes a change of mind needs to take place. A new perspective needs to take place. If you're trying to do something over and over, if you've made the same New Year's resolution over and over, but you're still with the same strategy and the same state of mind, you're going to keep failing. Let God change your mind. Some of us need a divine mental adjustment. And when God tries to change your mind, church, don't fight him. Because so many times it's the first thing that we do because we're not used to thinking this way. Suppress your stubbornness, your hardheadedness and let God transform your mind. Because when God, when you let God transform your mind, church, when you let him transform your way of thinking and then he proves himself to you, he's also going to make everyone else around you a believer. I love what this, what, what the last verse of this passage says, I'll have a will come up I want to read that one more time. Verse 18. It says, when they heard these things, after Peter had, had, had spoken his vision and gave his explanation for his actions, after all of that, it says this, when they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles, also God has granted repentance that leads to life. When they heard these things, they fell silent. You can't argue with results. So, church, listen to this, man. When you make a drastic shift in your way of thinking, you got to be prepared for this. People are going to fight you. People are going to criticize you. They might not want to associate themselves with you anymore because in their mind, you're wrong and you're being ridiculous. But but if you trust it in God to change your way of your way of thinking i guarantee you you're soon going to start seeing results and the people that mocked you the people that laughed at you the people that that said you were never going to make it the people that didn't believe in you they're going to see the results and they're going to fall silent because you can't argue with results church i don't know what your goals are i don't know what your mission is this year Maybe up until this point, you've been so afraid to even say it out loud because of of, of what you think people are going to say to it. But I'll tell you this, if you shift your mentality to to reflect your mission, you're going to see results. And you can't argue with results. If your goal is to lose weight, amen? Amen right here. If your goal is to lose weight this year, you have to change your way of, of thinking so that it reflects a healthy diet. Okay? I was, I was thinking about this the other day. You can't, you can't just stop thinking about unhealthy food. You can't just, it's not just a matter of saying no to Whataburger. Your mind has to be on something else. There needs to be a replacement. If your goal is to stop sinning and, and to get closer to God, it's not just a matter of not thinking about the thing that tempts you. Your whole mentality has to rest on Jesus Christ and the things of the spirit. That's how we overcome temptation. That's, why, that's what Paul means when he says, have a renewed mind. Don't just have an absent mind. Don't just not think about the things that you're, you're trying to avoid. Think about something, move towards something else. And let, let that replace everything that you're trying to accomplish. Amen. I'm going ha- to have a stand this morning, but I, I want to say one more thing. If you didn't get anything out of this message, I want you to, I want you to at least get this. And let this, let this be like your... I mean, if you have to adopt a motto this year, adopt, adopt this. And everything that you do, it starts with the mind. And everything... For anything else. It starts with the way that you're thinking. Everything that you're trying to accomplish, every, everything that you're trying to get to, it doesn't even start with the strategy. It doesn't even start with the plan of action. A lot of times we, we put the plan before anything else, but before the plan you have to transform your mind. Because if you're working with a, with a, with a corrupt mind, the plan is going to be Corrupt. It starts with the mind church. Amen. I'm going to ask you, you bow your heads this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at PrimeraIglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.